Welcome to Zen Bones, ancient wisdom for modern times. This is Mark Lesser. Why Zen Bones? Our world is in crisis and ever-shifting, and now, more than ever, more wisdom, clarity, and courage are essential, especially in the world of work, business, and leadership. In today's episode, I'm happy to welcome my friend Leo Babata. He is the founder of one of the most interesting and successful blogs on the internet called Zen Habits. He's also the author of several books, including The Power of Less. And in our conversation, we talk about meaning and meaningful work and the question of Zen. And Leo offers some powerful practices, especially around finding grounding in the body in the midst of uncertainty. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the conversation. And here's Leo. I am so happy to be here with my friend Leo Babata of Zen Habits fame. It's funny, I almost introduced us as, as this is Zen Habits, because uh, there's, you know, Zen Habits, Zen Bones, Zen uh, but but uh, Leo, it's um it's really great to see you. It's great to see you. It's been been a few years uh, since we last met, so I'm just really happy to be here with you. Yeah, I think I last saw you as I was leaving the 300 Page Street Zen Center building, and you were sitting in the lobby. Oh wow, you have such a good memory. Um, mine is full of holes, so thanks for reminding me. Your book uh, Less and my book Less came out within 30 days of each other, literally. Oh, is that right? I remember my, my publisher calling me and saying, you should know this. And, and that was how I first learned about you and your work. Oh, wow. Uh, this is a whole nother topic, but I feel like I've gotten to watch you grow and mature over these last 13 years. That's really nice. I hope I've grown and matured. <laughs> I, I, I don't see it, but I've certainly seen how much you've your, I mean, how much your writing has grown and matured. Mm. So I think what we should talk about here is uh, living in an uncertain world, mm. how to find meaning and meaningful work, mm. and what does Zen have to do with it? <laughs> I'd be curious to find out. Famous Aretha Franklin song. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm here I'm here today in my, uh, my I'm in I'm in my daughter's uh, guest room. And she has a um, a Thich Nhat Hanh, his uh, calligraphy, which says, uh, don't ignore your suffering, but don't forget to enjoy your life. Don't ignore your suffering and don't forget to enjoy your life. Yeah. Which is a great place maybe to start because it, 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 it maybe connects uncertainty, meaning, and Zen. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, actually, we, I, we before we actually came on here, we talked about, you know, what would we like to talk about? And uncertainty has been something that's really present for me personally and that I've been practicing with. And I know um, it's very, like, in your face for a lot of people right now. <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic, as we recorded this, uh, people maybe in the future are out of the pandemic. Um, but... Um, you know, the, the pandemic and then just world events, really just all kinds of world events are driving up uncertainty for a lot of us. And uncertainty 
in my experience, you know, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. But uncertainty is not in and of itself like a cause of suffering or a bad thing or anything to to like panic about. Um, but I think that the human mind, um, at least the way that I've experienced it, does turn that uncertainty into a little bit of uh, panic or um, judgment or frustration or like resistance. You know, we have a number of things we take from that. It's just like kind of this feeling of the rug's been yanked out from under us and uh, we don't know what to do. We wouldn't need to grab onto something and seek some control. And so uh, it's resulted in a lot of um, suffering for a lot of people is what I found. I don't know if, if you've noticed that as well. Oh, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I think that it's interesting. I was just rereading some of um, Regina Polly, the neuroscientist who wrote The Predicting Brain, mm. and how our, we're kind of wired to predict that things in the past will keep happening in the future. Mm. And I think the pandemic, the pandemic has been like a shock to the system. Mm. You know, the, the shadow side to that is, yeah, I think there's a lot of stress and anxiety. Yeah. Maybe the positive side is it's kind of, it wakes you up to like, we really don't know. You know, there's a kind of, how do we find, how do we find our own sense of balance and possibility? And even as you were saying earlier, when we, when we were chatting was how do we, actually even find meaning and meaningful work yeah. and live and living a, a, a meaningful life right in the midst of yeah uncertainty yeah that's that's exciting that's the exciting part about it you know the you, you know the Thich Nhat Han thing you shared um you know don't ignore your suffering you know we can't ignore the suffering that's springing from the uncertainty but um on the, on the uh, you know you could look at it as a the flip side of it is there's an opportunity here. Possibility has, is arising where people are waking up and getting really present to the uncertainty. Like you can't ignore it anymore. Before it's like, maybe I had some control in my life, but now it's like, oh no, uncertainty is very, very present for me. And the, the ways that I respond to it are also becoming much more obvious. And so because that's so clear now, like you can't ignore any of it. We might be like, okay, what is there to do about this? What can I do? Is there a possibility of waking up? And and then once you become awakened to what's going on, like, oh, is there anything else that I might be able to do in the middle of this? Um, like meaningful work. Yeah. I wonder how you, in your own life, what how you practice, live with, you know, you, you found a way to continue going deeper and deeper, I think, into uh, doing meaningful work as a as a teacher and guide and writer and then i also wonder as a teacher and guide and writer how how what do you find is the maybe most useful effective way to help people how do you how do you help others to find find their own sense of meaningful work and uh maybe own grounding in the midst of uncertainty yeah that's so important such important questions um so the, the way I've been personally working with it is, uh, well, first thing is just noticing that I've been unconscious for a little while, like maybe you know a few minutes, maybe a few hours, maybe a few days, 
maybe a few years sometimes. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been just responding to things in habitual ways. Um, and, you know, those aren't always helpful to me. Uh, they're not necessarily anything to, like, beat myself up about or, or judge. Uh, and so, like, bringing as much compassion as I can is really awareness and compassion are really where I start, the starting point. And then from that, I can, after the compassion, I can just start to practice really getting present to the sensation of uncertainty in my body, which is um, for a lot of people who, you know, maybe don't, haven't studied as long as you have, Mark, <laughs> uh, and practice as long as you have, you know, they, the way that they try and um, get present to uncertainty is in the mind. It's like, okay, here, you know, here's all the things going on. If you ask them to get present to it, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I have to do all these things, and here's what I need to do next. And so I really invite people, and for myself, I invite myself to drop into the body and get really present to the sensations, like where is it located, how does it feel, and it's then it's just sensation. It's not anything that I need to necessarily get rid of or fix or panic about, uh, avoid or judge or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and I can, oh... It's just a bodily sensation of uncertainty. And there's external events that might be triggering that, but in the end, it's just an experience. Um, and so I just get present to that and see it as a practice ground. Sometimes breath helps me to relax with it. And then I can even bring some kindness and friendliness and start to shift my relationship to it. Um, I can even find in the middle of it some transcendence, you know, some openness and emptiness and love. Um, so those, uh, you don't necessarily need to, need to like get those things. It's not like those are the solution to uncertainty, but it's just like they're, they can become available. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate those practices yeah. to start with the body, right? To, to just notice these are sensations, whether these are their fears or concerns or worries. I, I, I've noticed, and I've noticed this for myself, that um, it's easy to either catastrophize things or to ignore what's happening and to say everything's okay. And, and, uh, and it's interesting, someone asked me the other day, I had lunch with an old, old friend. She asked me, well, what is Zen or what's the core of what I'm wanting to do, you know, in this Zen Bones uh, podcast. Mm. And I said, something, something to do with living more in reality. You're right, that like when I notice I'm catastrophizing or I notice I'm ignoring, uh, I'm like, well, wait a minute, what, what, what's actually happening? And as you were saying, I think starting, starting with the body, starting with the breath and just noticing what's actually happening, uh, yeah, and and there's that's such a great starting point, and just no, again noticing for ourselves. I, I one of the things I'm often saying to myself as I'm, as I'm doing things, as I'm worrying or catastrophizing or ignoring, I notice it. And it's like, oh, I'm doing that thing that I'm often teaching other people not to do. Isn't 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 that interesting? <laughs> fascinating yeah uh, thanks for sharing that and i love i so love your intention 
um, here. And I just love, it's such a delight to be able to talk with someone who not only has a similar haircut and bushy eyebrows like me, but, uh, <laughs> but like is up to some, some good in the world. Um, and I really love, love what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I find myself, yeah, same thing. I find myself doing, engaging in catastrophizing or ignoring sometimes there's a fun trick of doing both at the same time. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely do those things. And, um, the, what I try and do, so it's like, we're, we're all humans, right? Like you know, there's no, no one's who above all of this. Uh, and if someone thinks they're above all of it, they're probably ignoring some stuff. Um, yeah. So I just like, Oh, okay. I, yeah, I'm doing it too. Just like, you know, everyone else is. And then what I try and do is let go of my judgment of that. Like there's a, sometimes there's a judgment like, Oh, I should be above this. I should have learned all this already. I teach it. I've been practicing for years, but um, no, there's just like, I am, that's my humanity showing itself. And then the, the really fun thing for me is um, could I, use that to connect me to everybody else who's feeling similar body sensations, similarly catastrophizing. Yeah, and then just feel love for myself and for them. You, you, know, you know, it's interesting the, um, in some way, as you, you know, you started with the body and coming to the body, which I think is a kind of um, a practice in a way of, in, in some, a practice of security, feeling secure. And then I, and then what I was hearing you say is then the, it's kind of a practice of uh, perspective taking, right? That, and that there's these two, sometimes I think of it as these two tensions, you know, because perspective taking is something we do, you know, um, it's more a logical in, in our in our heads in our mind but but it's it calms the 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 catastrophizing or the ignoring but 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 I think there's something about the importance of keep coming back to finding building a sense of security a sense of groundedness in order to be able to take so you, it's hard to start with perspective taking often like first you need a little bit of a little bit of grounding, a little bit of something, something physical. Like that's, I mean, that's to me um, something about why I often keep coming back to the importance of uh, meditation practice is that physical, that physical what's happening in the body. And then to be able to, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of the what's happening in our lives to, to, to just, have enough to be able to do that and not be completely tossed around by whatever's happening. Lost, right? Lost. Lost. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's interesting that you use the word like grounded because I also feel uncertainty as groundlessness. It's like no solid ground under your feet. And so how do you find ground in the middle of groundlessness? And yeah, that's, kind of just being with whatever arises in your body um, in the middle of the groundlessness is a grounding practice. Yeah. It's a fascinating um, idea. 
Um, but then your second question was, how do I uh, help others with it? How do I teach people? And one thing I've learned is uh, <laughs> the hard way is you can't just try and like force people to, to, to change or see things, you know? Um, so uh, I'm, I'm really good at pointing out how other people are catastrophizing and they don't seem to like it. Uh, <laughs> so I, um, the, what I've been doing is really, one is to share as I just have like how it's showing up in my life and invite others to look for themselves. Like, is there anything there that they see? And, um, and, and another thing that uh, has really helped is I invite people in through things that they already want. So for example, in my, um, my website and, and stuff that I offer, we, we do a lot of work around habits, changing your habits, which is like, that's definitely a way to get some control and ground groundedness. Right. And so people want that. They want to change like their health habits. They want to change, they want to start meditating. And so I find that to be like a doorway for people to, to enter in and start to take a look at, Oh, you know, uh, what is this for? Why, why do you want this? And why are you doing the other things? And so like take a deeper look because that's what they're already looking for is like, okay, I need these things so that my life can feel under control. And so I, I, I teach from that place of like, okay, let's take a look and let's see what's coming up underneath your current habits and underneath the difficulty to change to your new habits and underneath your desire to create new ones. That's one place that I've been um, helping people with. And then the other one is um, meaningful work. So I've been, you know, you're, you're launching a podcast. You've launched a podcast in the middle of, uh, you know, a lot of uncertainty. And so I, I find that really inspiring. And there are people who are saying, you know what? I do want to do something that feels meaningful to me, bringing my heart and gifts into the world and helping others who are suffering. And, um, and yet they really struggle. We all really struggle in the middle of the uncertainty. And so that's where I've been meeting people is like, okay, you have something you wanna do. These are like fellow bodhisattvas really to trying to like alleviate the suffering of all beings and, and bring compassion. Really boundless compassion is what I've seen from people. And then what is like uh, shutting that down? You know, some of the catastrophizing and, and hiding or like uh, ignoring or avoiding that people have or seeking of control and perfectionism. So some of our very like, you know, so we bring in like psychology, some of our very like uh, human responses to um, this uncertainty is, uh, is they, you know, they come up and they get in the way of us doing our meaningful work. And so I've been meeting people there just like, let's take a look at what's getting in the way there. And, um, and I really find it fascinating and I really love helping people to like, the way I phrase it is like train in the middle of uncertainty and then fall in love with the uncertainty. So I don't know if that, that that's at least a, a start to the answer of your question. No, totally, totally. And yeah, I mean, you've used the word compassion a few times and you, you, I think at least once you mentioned the word bodhisattva, you know, comes from a Buddhist, you know, it's a Buddhist um word but it's about um you know someone who 
Um, right. Be beings are numberless. I vow to save them. And uh, delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. So it's um, so it's someone who, and, and and I think we all swim together in this sea of uncertainty. We're all swimming together in this sea of uncertainty. And to me, it's like, how do we train ourselves to be that person on the boat who can be calm enough to be helping others, right? To, and like, I, I love that as I think of that particular image of, you know, being in a boat of uncertainty where it's easy to be freaking out because where are we? And, and, and there's some leaks in this boat. How can I stay grounded enough and have enough of a sense of um, perspective to, to, to take, take effective action and to help calm other people down? You know, a, a lot of the work that I'm doing is, is with, you know, in the business world. And, and, and I think being able to do these practices of calming oneself and perspective taking with compassion is in itself a kind of teaching and it's somewhat contagious. So it's, I think to me, this is one of the things that I find in terms of doing meaningful work I, it's it's so um, core to to that I have to keep working on myself, right? And as I look at you know, and I was saying this I've, as, earlier, I've I've been watching you. I mean, there's something wonderful about seeing seeing people like you grow and deepen and develop over over the years, and and um, you know, I think it's great, you know, that you you started using the word Zen. It's probably no accident, you know. Even even before you were, you know, it was just. I, I imagine there was something that really attracted you about that word and that um, tradition, and then over the years you've been just sort of really just deepening and deepening your own practice, and and the whole time, you know, uh, helping others. Uh, thanks for reflecting that back to me. Um, the, the growth and the deepening. Um, I still have. A ways to go, but I really uh, have been enjoying the, the journey so far. And I, yeah, when I started Zen Habits, I think it was 2007. I, I didn't, well, I still don't know, but I definitely didn't know anything about what Zen really was. And for me, it was just a word of like peace. It still is that, and it's grown and deepened uh, for me. And the frustrating thing about it, I'll tell you, um, as a student talking to a teacher, is every time I think I understand what Zen is, um, someone yanks the rug out from underneath me. So I <laughs> still don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's beautiful that you know, we, we, we both are practicing in this, uh, you know, the uh, tradition of Shinryu Suzuki and Soto Zen, you know, where the emphasis is on beginner's mind and the emphasis is on sincerity I love uh, this particular school, which emphasizes not knowing the practice—the practice of not knowing. I sometimes think that Zen could use a little more knowing from time to time. <laughs> yeah, something about cultivating cultivating the mind of a beginner keeps, I think, keeps us deepening our practice and deepening our ability to live in this uncertain, uncertain world. Yeah. That's a that's a fascinating thing that you brought up the the knowing versus the not knowing um, because I think for me the the power of the not knowing has been letting go of what I think I know if the thing that I think I know is causing me suffering um, so I just like oh 
I thought I knew who I was and that thinking um, has caused me some suffering. So letting go of that. Yeah. But if you have some knowing that relieves suffering or that helps you to navigate the uncertainty, then I'd say that sounds helpful, you know, <laughs> hold on to it as long as you need it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's, that, that Zen emphasizes a kind of uh, precision. There's a precision, especially in the forms, which I think can be a way of bringing us back to what's happening in the body, right? How, how, oh, oh, how, how am I moving? How am I walking? How am I, you know, uh, what's happening in my body as I'm walking into the meditation hall? I, I resist forms very strongly. <laughs> I'll admit that. Uh, confess to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think, I think in some way, um, that's almost the point, right? I think one of the great things about meditation practice is, you know, uh, to become more and more um, aware and open to our own resistance. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the hero's journey, uh, that model, the first step in the hero's journey is you know, starting out and this great attitude of finding my way home, this kind of way-seeking mind. And then the second step in the hero's journey is a res resistance or, or um, not wanting to go there. So it's a little scary. It's a little scary, right? So it's opening up to this uncertain world and then feeling our resistance and fear, and then how do we work with that to do meaningful work and keep doing meaningful work? Yeah, that's a beautiful way to bring it back because um, actually, could I speak for a minute about resistance to meaningful work? Please. Yeah, because that resistance, that's the, the very thing that people are struggling with uh, when the, the people I've been working with when uh, they're trying to do some kind of meaningful work. You know, whether it's write a book that helps other people or start a nonprofit, you know, or, or launch a business um, or beautiful podcast. Um, so I, people, they, they have this great intention, something that they want to manifest, but then they find that when they have to actually do the work um, or put something out there, there's like a resistance. It's almost like a wall that shows up for them. And so the work that I've been doing is really helping them to face that resistance as I'm doing in, in my Zen studies, <laughs> face that resistance and then really um, bring awareness and compassion and some of this, the bodily practice as well, and use the resistance as like the practice ground. Um, so it's fascinating to help others while I'm also working with my own resistance as a student. But yeah, so what we what I do with, with them, and if for anyone who's listening to this, if you wanna practice with your resistance, with your meaningful work, is we set some kind of intention, like I want to create this, um, and usually like by a certain date, and that really, it gives a form, really. So it's like, okay, I've created that, and then the actually the part that they'll really resist is, um, that's that's already a place of resistance for a lot of people. But if they can do that, then there's um, setting some milestones and then setting up some actual sessions where they sit down and focus. And, um, and that, those sessions where there might be, like, let's say, 30 minutes a day or an hour a day, um, not a lot of time, but you know, carve that time out and then commit yourself to it. And people will resist that just like they resist meditating, you know? <laughs> just like they resist all the, like I resist my sewing my rakasu. <laughs> um, they will 
find anything else to do. You know, all of a sudden their kitchen needs to be cleaned or they'll go into it and then really struggle and then uh, let themselves out of that uncomfortable place of not knowing. So the support I give them really is to like, how do we keep coming back to that, first of all? And second of all, could we take a look at what showed up when you didn't do it or when you did do it and you like really struggled there? And so then um, by taking a look at it, that gives them a place to practice the next time. And so then they go into the next focus session, just like a, a meditation. It's like, oh, okay, when this is showing up, that's actually not a problem. That's what we expect to show up. That's the thing that we want to work with or be, bring awareness to and even bring some love to and compassion to. So that's, that's the kind of work that I've been doing with people. And it's really fascinating. And people have done some really amazing work, work there. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I'm, I'm often saying that um, uh, deadlines are my friend. Like, like, like I, I could never, people, people sometimes ask, well, how do you write books, for example? And it's like, well, the two things I do, which I think are two things that you just named, one is set clear, clear goals, clear deadlines, but also find support. For me, that's a core, like I can't, I can't write a book by myself. I need, I need other people to, I need an editor. I need people to read it and give me feedback. And, and, and it's that combination. It's not, not only for me, is it a deadline, but it's like telling someone else, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get you these chapters by these dates. And, and, um, and similarly, you know, I've been, I've been stalling in, in some way. I've been thinking about this, doing this podcast for years. And, and, but, but it's like, what make, what's making it happen was putting dates on the calendar and, uh, and, and building a team of people. That's right. Around, around me to help. Cause you know, like, like Sebastian, who's here. Yeah. And, and there's something about, uh, taking right, taking that idea and intention into um, into action, into the world, and noticing, and then noticing, and then noticing what happens. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm so I'm so glad to hear you um, reflect that because it's it's something. It's probably the most powerful lesson I've learned in the last few years. Is uh, I often have this idea that I can do everything on my own. And so like one of the things with my, you know, Zen study is like, okay, I'm going to meditate on my own. I'm going to sew on my own. I'm going to do all of this stuff on my own. And the humbling thing has been the realization that I can't like, you know, often I'll, I'll judge that there's something wrong with me because I'm not doing it. But when I finally just like surrender to that and confess that I can't do it on my own, what happens is like I open up to the possibility of, of getting support, being supported by others or doing it in community, the Sangha idea in, in Zen. And um, what I've been encouraging people to do is do the same thing, even if they're not Zen students. Um, could we do this in community or in connection? And a lot of times these focus sessions that I talked about, the most powerful ones are actually when we jump on a Zoom call and do it together. Like we'll do it on mute, but we'll be doing our writing or, or whatever we're doing um, in community. Uh, and then um, having a, a review or some kind of accountability or some kind of call where we all kind of talk about what's going on 
is another way that we do that. So we find ways to, you know, every time that we're struggling on our own, how can we get supported? How can we do it in community or in connection? Well, maybe this is a good place to um, bring this. I, I, I hope this is, you know, part one of many, many conversations, Leo. Hmm. I would love that. And um, anything you'd like to do or say, or as a just as a way of ending our our time here now, anything you'd like to offer? Yeah, I think the only thing I'd like to offer is, you know, wherever you are right now, um, with the uncertainty that's been arising in uh, in the world and in yourself in your life. Um, first of all, just know that you're not alone. We're all in this together. Uh, all you know, suffering or experiencing this together. And, and second of all, um, encouragement of for compassion for yourself. You know, we, I'm talking about this expanse of like doing meaningful work for others, but really like the place to start is with yourself. Like, how can you have compassion for yourself? How can you take care of yourself so that you can then become resilient enough to go out and do meaningful work? And so my encouragement to anyone listening or watching is, can you just start with compassion for yourself, taking care of yourself and getting yourself to the place where you might even consider meaningful work or facing um, any kind of other uncertainty other than what you're already facing. So uh, yeah, and sending love out through the uh, interwebs right now <laughs> to anyone who's facing these things. Thank you, Leo. And thank you for all of the uh, great work that you've been doing over these many years that has touched uh, a lot of people. Really appreciate it. And look forward to to more. Do take care. We'll see you. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for your great work. Listen in each week for interviews, teachings, and guided meditations. You'll receive supportive tools for creating more meaningful work and mindfulness practices to develop yourself to influence your organization and to help change the world. Thank you for listening.